Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 54. And I'm going to continue talking about making room. Say making room. Hallelujah. My wife and I started the beginning of the year dealing with this aspect of making room and how it's all about your heart. It's all about making room in your heart for what God desires to do in you and what he wants to do through you. Because you need to realize that God has amazing plans for your life. He has purpose for your life. There's a reason that you exist. There's a, there's a call upon your life. You're, you're not here just to take up space. You're here because God's designed you with something specific to mark this world before you leave it. And mark it better than when you came into it. Amen? 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 Hallelujah. But oftentimes, we, we see ourselves less than instead of seeing ourselves greater than. And so, and so when we talk about making room and it's starting within our hearts, it's about, it's about changing our thinking, changing our ideas about, changing our ideas to have God's ideas about us. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 54, it says, verse one says, Oh, sing barren one, you who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who did not travail with child for the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Man, as I've, as I've uh, talked about this scripture off and on be, between since the beginning of January, just that understanding that God is showing up through a prophet and speaking. We know he's talking to the children of Israel as a whole. But think of this. He says that this barren woman one is going to be more than the married wife. It's going to be more than. Say more than. More. Say greater than. greater than. See, here, and, but see, with this woman, she's like, that could be, how could that be? How could that be? You know, there's times that I, I, would, I, would, I would be in church and I would hear ministers to say a certain thing. And, and, and in my heart, in the back of my mind, I'd be like, I might be agreeing with what's being said. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, how's that going to be for me? What does that look like for me? Does that, does that include me? I want you to know that these are days of glory, days of abounding and days of flourishing. That's a word that we're hanging on to as a church body. And, and so you need to possess the understanding that God has something more for you than where you are right now. God wants to do more through you than he's ever done through you. He, he, he wants you to, he wants to love through you like you've never been able to love before. He, he wants you to, to pray for people like you've never been able to pray before. He wants you to do things you never thought you could do. But you know what? It, t- it takes changing how we think about things. Amen. So here he tells this woman, you're going to be more than, and then he tells her, I want you to enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtain of your habitation. Spare not lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you're going to break out on the left hand and on the right. Now think about this. Here he's speaking to someone that has nothing. So I want you to enlarge your thinking. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to enlarge your thinking. I want the Holy Spirit to expand you on the inside. Expand your idea about what God wants to do in and through your life. And, and immediately after he tells her, you're going to break out on the left hand on the right. Man, that sounds like increase to me. That sounds like flourishing to me. But the first thing he deals with is what would hinder her from breaking out. In verse, in verse 4, it says, fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be confounded. See, see that's, that's the biggest thing that's going to limit you and I from reaching our potential in God. 
to reach your potential as a husband. Reach your potential as a father. Reach your potential as a minister. That's the very thing is fear and shame is going to keep you from stepping into the greater things that God has for you. We need to renew our thinking. We, we need to be God inside minded, so to speak, on what God, how God sees things and how God desires to do things. No word that uh, our founding pastor, Dr. Savell, told us to do was every day say, show me your glory. Yeah. Say it with me. Show me your glory. Me the glory. See, see, this was this was a heart cry that Moses had based on really, I believe, his own limiting factors in his heart. Because he's like, he goes, well, God, how, you know, I don't want to go unless you're going to go with me. Because, see, it's only when you go with me that makes me distinguish. Meaning, you're the only one, you're, you're what makes the difference, God. And, and so, show me your glory. Now, think about this. Now, I, I love this because at this time, he already had seen a burning bush, Joseph. He had already seen a rod thrown on the ground and turned to a snake. At this time, he already saw a river of blood, you know, a a river of the Nile turn into blood. He already saw all these things that happened that were declared by God. He saw them happen. He stood before he he stood before a Red Sea and he and he and he raised and he raised a uh, you know rose (laughs) you know lifted up a rod. I'm just tongue tied here. So Moses said he stuttered, so it's all right. It's all good. And he, and, but he, and he, saw, he saw the Red Sea congeal. It said it froze. And, and so he already saw this, but yet in, in his heart, Moses was like, show me your glory. There's always more. There, there's, there's, there's always more. Don't think that that one time that you experienced God years ago was the only experience. Don't, don't think that, that that first time when you got filled with the Holy Spirit is, is all there is to it. Don't think that, 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 that what you experienced, you know, you can't experience again and even greater than. Because he takes us from one degree of glory to another degree of glory, right? So here, Moses is saying, show me your glory. And God says, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. And, and we talked about this, that, that, that it's not only what is his goodness, his power, his presence, but it's actually his manifested love. See, that's the nature of God is the love of God. But the work of God is restoration. That's always what God wants to do. He always wants to reveal his love to you and work in and through your life. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Hallelujah. I had notes, but I think we'll go a different direction. So we'll, we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. John, hallelujah, 3, verse 1. Says there was a there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Man, what a revelation there! That the only way that they realized about Jesus was the fact that God was with him. How much more should we do life with God? Even someone that wasn't even spiritually awakened, so to speak, that lived under a law, realized 
that there's something different about that man. Man, because no one can do what you're doing except God's with him. I don't know about you, but I want that said about my life. I want that said about me. Wow, man, God's with that man. I want people to say about this church, man, God's, God's in that church. <laughs> Hallelujah. You remember to say, well, you know, I might for... <laughs> oh, never mind. Thank you, Jesus. To keep in point here. Um, verse 3, Jesus answered and said, Yeah, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You're just equating the thought, show me your glory. That's, that's re- requesting to see something. Show is the manifestation of something. It's the revealing of something. So reveal something to me, God. Reveal who you are. Reveal your goodness. Let me see your goodness. And here, here is someone that doesn't, doesn't, isn't spiritually awakened is going to Jesus and say, say man, what? And, and, and Jesus comes back and says, except a man be born again. Meaning, and unless he's awakened on the inside, unless he's awakened on the inside, he can't see the kingdom of God. See, it, it's not just saying, show me your glory, but, but really it comes down to, are you awakened on the inside? Are you awake on the inside? Or, or has, has Jesus really come in and awakened you? Or is Jesus just another religious thing? You see, because the the whole aspect of being born again isn't just saying a prayer, but it's believing in your heart. Except a man be born again. Verse 4 says, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into a mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The Amplified says in verse 6, What is born of the flesh is flesh, and of the physical is physical, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. It came a time in my life where I got tired of, of reaping flesh. <laughs> let, me, let me explain that. I, you know, because see, in my flesh, I only can produce flesh. You see, I, I, can, I can only, the, the result of doing things only in the natural can only get natural results. And, and, and for far too long in my life, I was getting, getting natural things. Why? Because all I was doing was natural things. I was filling my heart, my mind, my life with just natural things. I was, I was shaping my life around the world's ideas about things. I was, I was looking and, and trying to learn, well, what about this? Well, what's my position on this? And what is my belief on that? And what's my platform on this? And I was taking those things and I realized those things and my understanding of that wasn't bringing any peace into my life. So Jesus was really telling him, you know, Nicodemus, flesh can only bring about flesh. But if you want something different, it's going to have to be something that's beyond you. It's going to have to be something spiritual because something spiritual will bring forth something spiritual. I know that's a little deep. (laughs) He says, marvel not at my telling you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it wills and though you hear it sound, yet you neither know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who's born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered by asking, how can all these things be possible? You see, he, he, he's like, man, I, I don't understand how this is going to happen. 
You see, what Nicodemus is needing is a change of perspective. Because Jesus is talking to him. He's telling him, and Jesus even goes on and saying, if I tell you natural things, you're still not going to get it. So if I tell you spiritual things, you're still not going to get it. And so then he tells them, he tells them a representation in the Old Testament. And he says, says down in verse 14, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on a pole, so must, so it's necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. Meaning, meaning how is this change going to happen? It's when you change your perspective. It's when you stop looking to the flesh to get spiritual things done. When you stop looking at natural things and expect victory. You're going to have to change. You're not going to experience breakthrough if you're living constantly with a natural perspective. You can't do it. But yet, we, we, I've tried it so often. I've tried it so often to try to get change in my life, but not changing what I'm doing in the natural. No, it, there's got to be a change. And it's a changing perspective about what I'm focusing on, what I'm giving myself to. Let's, let's look at uh, Numbers chapter 21, because this is what Jesus is referring to. Numbers chapter 21. Let's look at verse 4. Now this is the Israelites. That are, they're in the wilderness. In verse 4 it says, And they journeyed from Mount Or by way to the Red Sea to go about the land of Edom. And the people became impatient, depressed, much discouraged because of the trials of the way. Now get this. Here they're in the wilderness. And it says that they're discouraged. They became impatient. You know, you ever been impatient? <laughs> My wife doesn't like driving with me in traffic sometimes, but <laughs> I'm getting victory. Amen. How about you? But because of the way, because things may be not turning out the way they thought, impatience is a, it is a position of your soul. It's a position of your mind. It's a position of your will. It's a position of your emotions. And, and so because of the way, the trial of the way, because of the way, because of bottom line, life. Bottom line, just life. Because of, of just life. Because of what they were going through, they were impatient. And, and I love the Amplified. It says they were depressed, much discouraged. You see, you see, what happens is, is, is through everyday life, if all you're doing is focusing on natural things, it's going to bring you down, lower and lower and lower. You know what? And, and it's not more natural things that are going to bring you up. <laughs> a relationship won't bring you up. A substance won't bring you up. Money won't bring you... There's nothing in the natural that's going to bring you up. It's going to bring you lower, lower, and lower. Because what? Flesh can only bring forth flesh. And spirit can only bring... And spirit brings forth spirit. So you got to see this. Because of the way, because of their journey, because they were going around the same things and dealing with the same things, they constantly got lower, 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 and lower. Verse 5 says, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. 
You see, when you, when you are in this place where, where you're discouraged, that's the, that's the first thing that you want to do is you want to, you want to blame God and blame other people. You want to blame God and blame other people. And, you know, if you understand anything about the, the Old Testament, they didn't have, because it goes on, it talks about how God sent fiery serpents. You have to understand in the, on the Old Testament, people didn't have a revelation of who Satan was. That there wasn't an understanding. So, so everything, everything came through the lens of God did it. Because there was no concept of, of the devil. There was no concept of the God of this world. There was no understanding of, 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 of what was going on and, 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 and the things that were taking place. So what happened because of their, the trial of the way, because of their being discouraged, because of the different things they were doing, they opened themselves up. To the, to the elements that were already there. It's not like the fiery servants were new. It's not like all of a sudden God made them. A, no, they were there. The thing is, 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 is they, they, they got their eyes off certain things. And started fake it, focusing on the wrong things. But what was the answer? Verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent of bronze and set it on a pole. And everyone who's bitten when it looks at it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And if the serpent had bitten any man, when he looked to the serpent of bronze, attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. Now look at this. Here, because of the way, because of them going through life, they were discouraged. And it said, if anyone was bitten by, you know, has life ever bitten you? Has life ever put you in a position that you, w- that you wish you never were in? Has, ha- ha- am I the only one? <laughs> Thank you, Richard. I see a few, a, few, a few hands over there. Some honest people in the place. But what, were the, what was the answer? The answer was looking at that pole. The answer was anyone looking with a steady, absorbing gaze. You see, they were constantly looking at the way. They were constantly looking at what wasn't working. They were constantly looking at, at, at the things that taken place. And it, and it pushed them lower, lower, and lower until the environment started to destroy them. But the answer was, put, that, put a serpent up on that pole. And anyone that looks at it will be healed. Anyone that looks at it will be set free. What did he tell Nicodemus? He said, just as the serpent was lifted up on the pole in the the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Are you looking at him this morning? Are you beholding him this morning? Are Are you looking at him this morning? Because flesh can't produce flesh. Flesh can't produce spiritual things. The answer is, what are you looking at? What are you beholding? Moses was like, show me your glory. That, that woman that, that, that God said, the barren woman is going to be more. See, something greater is going, to, is, is, is going to happen when you change your focus in your life. When you look to something different. Because the next verse after that, it says, it says, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Let's go to John chapter 1. John 1. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord. What are you beholding this morning? What are you looking at this morning? Making room for harvest. Making room. Hallelujah. It's a change of your mindset. What are you looking at? What are you beholding? Because what you're beholding is either bringing you victory or it's, or it's bringing you in the wrong direction. What are you beholding? What are you meditating on? What are you thinking about? Where's, where's your focus? And this might be one of them jump up and down shop messages, but hallelujah. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Let's go down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. We beheld His glory. John speaking here, and we beheld His glory, meaning we got to see it personally. We got to see his glory personally. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, when you truly see Jesus for who Jesus is, you you will see grace and you'll see truth. We beheld his glory. John would say, man, I saw him. John the Baptist, behold the lamb, behold, look at, behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the lamb. What are you focusing on? What, what are you looking at? Are you beholding him this morning? Because you know what? It, 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 it hasn't changed. Behold, see, the message is Jesus. The message was Jesus and the message will always be Jesus. There's not a new message this morning. Is not a new message this morning. It's just to, it's to bring you back into a place of, are you focusing on Jesus? It says, we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John bore witness of him and cried saying, this was he of whom I spoke. He that comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. You see, when you, when you behold him, you're able to receive everything he has. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Beholding him. Man, Get Jesus out of a religious box, please. Get him out of this as, as someone that you might have seen a picture and, and, and he, he's standing there. No, just you need, to, you need to get an understanding of who he is in your life. He, man. Man, have a personal relationship with Jesus. Amen. Spend time with Jesus. That's my, 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 just this, this thing that's on the inside of me this morning, just beholding him. Get to know him. Amen. Get to know him more than we get to know things in the natural. So get to know him more than, <laughs> man. 
Thank you, Father. Get to know him. Get to know him this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, oh, Father, verse 4, And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Meaning it's through this Christ. It's through this Christ that we're not sufficient in ourselves. Say it with me. I am not sufficient sufficient in myself. myself. My sufficiency sufficiency comes from Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, this whole chapter is good. Hallelujah. Verse 8. How shall not this ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Meaning, he's talking about in Moses' day when he came off the, the mountain and, and it said they couldn't look at his face because it shone bright with glory. And he said, he goes, if that being an insufficient or a, or a mediocre thing, so to speak, and it had that much glory, how much more would this aspect of what Jesus did bring glory? So when we talk about show me your glory, Moses, and here it says there's something greater. Verse 15, but even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart, talking about the Jewish people. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding, as in the glass, the glory of the Lord. Beholding. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? What are you giving yourself to? What are you giving your time to? Man. Are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. When I'm beholding Him, I become like Him. Man, when you when you look at Jesus, man, you can't help but become like Jesus. That's why I would encourage you to read the Gospels. Get in and read the Gospels and watch how Jesus walked. Watch how He talked. Look at Jesus. And get a revelation of Jesus. Behold Jesus. When you start looking at Jesus, man, you'll start being like Jesus, living like Jesus. Oh, well, you say, well, you, I just need to live more holy. No, you just need to look at Jesus more. So you look at Jesus long enough and you understand Je- you'll live holy. Well, I just need to love more. Well, you need to look at Jesus. Because as you look at Jesus, as, as you behold him, you'll be transformed into that very image of Jesus. Well, pastor, I have so many issues and problems and things that I keep doing in my life. Well, stop focusing on your problems and, and what you're not doing. Stop, stop focusing on, on your addictions or, or that you can't quit pornography. Stop focusing on what you can't do because you can't get free yourself anyway. You didn't get saved by yourself. You're not, you needed Jesus to begin with. 
So the thing is, is continue to look at Jesus. I'm not saying there's a light. I'm not making that as a license to sin. No, what I'm saying is look at G- Jesus and, and the sin issue will take care of itself. Look at Jesus. You've got to look at Jesus because if you constantly look at flesh, you can only bring forth flesh. That's why Nicodemus said, you must be born again. He said, you can't see the kingdom of God. So our eyes need to be open to what? Beholding Jesus. Beholding Jesus. Hallelujah. We carry this further into 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, but if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. See, this is the gospel. Beholding Jesus is the gospel. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. See, it's the enemy who blinds us. Blinds the world of them that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God? Who is the image? Jesus is the image of God. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus. The Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Man. Light to shine out of darkness. Man, he's talking about creation here. When darkness was upon the face of the deep and God said, light be. That's what it's referring to. God commanded light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts. I mean, the same thing that brought about creation the same thing that brought about creation, that's on the inside of you. His light that's expanded and is continued to expand. That same light, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, is down on the inside of you. And it's to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Man, that's the gospel. To realize that, that, that I'm beholding him, but as I behold him, I become like him. Then not only I become like him, I start acting like him. I start loving like him. Hallelujah. Mm. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. I mean, it doesn't matter what surrounds me. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It's what I'm beholding that's going to change my life. It's what I'm beholding and what I'm looking at. Are you, are you perplexed? Behold him. Do you feel persecuted? Has, has the accuser, the enemy come into you and accused you about what you're not doing what, and, and, and what you've done? Behold him. Behold Jesus. Verse 10 says, always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus. I love this, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Man, you got to get a hold of that. He said that the life of Jesus might be manifest in my body, in our body. Do you realize the very life that Jesus had flowing through him when he walked the earth? The same thing happens when you realize when you behold him. Hallelujah. That that life manifests in your body, manifests in your life. Verse 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. 
Hallelujah. Verse 14. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake that the abundance of grace might through the thanksgiving may redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not, look not at the things which are seen. Meaning, I'm not looking at the flesh. Because what? Flesh can only produce flesh. Hallelujah. But I look at the things that are not seen. I'm beholding him. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are eternal. Things that are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Behold Jesus. We beheld his glory. The only glory, only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Man. Hallelujah. It goes on and says, out of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. Meaning as I'm beholding him, I'm receiving his fullness. Grace for grace. Let me close with Second Peter chapter, chapter uh, 1. Hallelujah. Are you receiving something this morning? Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Making room. Making room. Days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. Hallelujah. Making room in your heart. And how do you, you have to behold him. Behold him. Look at Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm. Verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Let me ask you a question. Have you received like precious faith? He's writing to you. Hallelujah. With us through the righteousness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now get this, grace and peace. Grace and peace is multiplied to you. Grace and peace is multiplied. You know, whatever you need in life, you need grace and peace. You need, you need His ability on your life. Grace and peace. You, you need grace and peace. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Grace and peace. But it tells us grace and peace is multiplied based on what? Knowledge. Grace and peace increases based on my knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you want to operate in a greater degree of, of grace and peace? It's not like he's holding anything back from you. God, God doesn't hold anything back from us. The, the, the issue is, is we're limited by our understanding of who Jesus is. So as we behold him, what happens is we also multiply in grace and peace. Grace and peace. Verse 3 says, according as his divine power. I would say divine power could be glory. How about you? 
according to his divine power, his glory. What is divine? It means something that comes from God. Divine power, Edward, power is dunamis. It means force. It means strength. It means, it means um, ability. So here it's saying, saying because of that, according as his, this power or this ability, this strength that's come from God, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. You've been called to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. And besides this, give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. And to your knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of, knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many people want to be fruitful? Amen. Man, see, this is all connects, and it all has to do with our relationship with Jesus. It says it's through this Jesus that he's given us exceeding great and precious promises. it, 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 It is through this Jesus that we've been given divine power. It's through this Jesus we've been given divine nature. And he says, and besides all this, with all diligence. What does that mean? With this, this needs to be a part of our lives. This is a part of our walk. This is a part, you know, as you're growing in this knowledge and you're growing in this Jesus, it says, and add with diligence, add to your faith, virtue. What is virtue? It's not a word we use. It's courage. Not only, not only believe in God, but through your knowledge of him, you're going you're gonna to have a belief in him. And through that knowledge, you're going to have a courage. Not only that, add to your courage, I believe it's temperance, which is self-control. You see, when you behold him, you become like him, right? So as I'm beholding him and I'm, I'm being increased by this grace and peace, what happened is, is now I believe, now I have courage, now I have self-control. Then it says, then it, then it says and add to it patience, endurance. And add to, add with your patience, add to it godliness. What is godliness there? It means it's reverence. It's just, man, this, man, because I know him to such a degree, man, I have such a reverence for him. Then it says, add to your, add to godliness. It says, add brotherly kindness. Oh man, we sure could use that in the world. We sure could use brotherly kindness. But this is all adding to, adding to your, add to your faith, courage, add to your, add to your courage, this, this self-control through that courage, add endurance, add this reverential all of God. And it says, then it says, add brotherly kindness. Then it says, add charity in the King James. What's charity? It's, it's the word there is agape. It's the God kind of love. I mean, ultimately when I focus on him. And I understand this divine nature. I understand these promises. I understand all this. As I can get to know him, eventually I'll, I'll, I'll believe like him. Hallelujah. I'll have courage like him. I'll have self-control like him. I'll have endurance like him. I'll have holiness and reverence like him. Oh, I'll have brotherly kindness like him. But you know what? I'll have love like him. 
And then it says, and if these things be in you. You will not be unfruitful or barren. Mm, thank you, Father. I don't know about you, but I want, I want my life to produce fruit. But it all stems from what I'm beholding. I want to, I want to be a better pastor. I, I know God's called us to make a mark in this community, but I know I've got to behold him in a greater degree so I can communicate to who he is to you at a greater degree. Beholding him. I think it goes on and says, if these things aren't in you, it says, you will surely fall. You'll be short, yeah, you'll be short-sighted and you will not see afar off. So if I'm not beholding him, I can't see right. If I'm not beholding him, then what, what, what's in the world may look like it's good when actually it's not, in it, but it's not God. I could have a false perception between what's good and what's God. If I'm not beholding him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Show us your glory. Your glory is Jesus. We don't want to be short-sighted. We, we want to be able to see afar off. Show us your glory. We behold you this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We behold you this morning. Thank you, Father. We behold you this morning. Thank you, Father. You're so good, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Behold, the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Behold. Behold what love. First John chapter 4, I believe, or 4 says, Behold what manner the love the Father has bestowed upon us that we could be called sons of God. Behold Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a sense in my heart. I know there's people here that have been, may feel like those, that children of Israel that were, said they were on their, on their journey in the way. And it said they became impatient. Really, the word there is discouraged. You know, the enemy has a voice. And he wants to speak discouragement over your life. Maybe you're having struggles emotionally this morning. The enemy wants to speak negative things over your life. You may be experiencing symptoms within your body. And the enemy wants to speak death over your life. You made, made, made mistakes in the past and the enemy wants to speak failure over your life. 
But as your pastor this morning, I want you to behold Jesus. Everything you need this morning is found at the mention of that name. I believe if you behold him in the right way, I believe that, and you see him not the way that religion has painted him, but you see him for who he is. I believe every insecurity will fall to the ground. If you're discouraged this morning, I believe as you behold him, hope will rise in your heart. Hallelujah. Read this scripture, I believe it was on Wednesday night. If you weren't here Wednesday night, I want to encourage you to listen to that. If, If you're walking through discouragement. Psalm chapter 3 says, O Lord, how are they who increase that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. You see, the enemy will want to say that over you. The enemy will want to say over you, there's no help for you. You deserve this. You're getting just what you deserve. He says, many there be that say of my soul, there's no help for him. Many say that. Verse 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheek, for thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord, and thy blessing is upon thy people. Behold him this morning. He said, the Lord is a shield about me, my glory. Who is glory? Jesus. He is the spirit of glory. He is the glory of God manifested. Behold Jesus this morning. Behold Jesus this morning. And let him be the lifter of your head this morning. Behold Jesus and allow him to be your victory this morning. Behold Jesus and allow him to be your redemption this morning. Behold Jesus and allow him to be your salvation this morning. Uh, Behold Jesus and allow him to, to, to mend your broken heart. Behold Jesus this morning and allow him to fix what's broken. Behold Jesus and allow him to restore you. Behold Jesus and allow him to be the strength and temptation. Behold Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Get a picture of Jesus this morning. Jesus, 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 Jesus.